What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on the Lambso USPSA podcast. My name is Daryl, and I will be your host. So, uh, not really a whole lot to go over today. Still waiting for the meeting minutes from the USPSA Board of Directors in-person meeting from the end of January. Hopefully, those will be released here within the next week. I know there's a lot of people on social media who are whining and crying, how come they haven't released the minutes yet? And, well, you know, they they got a lot of other stuff to do, probably. So, anyway. Uh, so, this episode, just got some match updates for you guys, and a couple of things that I noticed at the Frozen Chosen match on January 1st that I shot. So, let's, first off, get into the matches that are coming up. Uh, I'm not going to go through every match that's coming up this year in the entirety of Area 7. I'm just going to hit the high points. So the first one coming up is the Trident Armory Standby the Fly Benefit Match and Main State Championship presented by Atlas Gunworks benefiting the Travis Mills Foundation. That is going to be June 2nd through the 4th at the Hamden Rifle and Pistol Club, Hamden, Maine. Registration for that match is currently open, and they are still very very short on staff so if you are interested in staffing that match get into practice score and sign up for it or you can reach out to the trident armory shooting team directly and ask how you can sign up you do not necessarily need to be a uspsa certified range officer to help out at this match there's a lot of other stuff that needs to be done that takes volunteers you may get put on a stage with a certified RO or CRO. That's perfectly fine, too. Um, when I worked the match last year, 2022, I had three non-certified volunteers, and everything worked out just fine. I was the CRO for the stage. I had three volunteers helping me out. You know, it, it's no big deal if you're not... You're not an RO. Sign up anyway. Help out. Uh, so the next match after that is going to be down at Pioneer in New Hampshire. That is going to be the New Hampshire State match benefiting Deliver Fund. Um, Deliver Fund is a organization that helps out with uh, stopping human trafficking. Um something that the match director, Devin McManus, is a big proponent of, and uh, as we all should be. And that match is taking place June 8th through the 10th. Now, registration is open for that match. However, it is already waitlisted. Yes, there is already a waitlist on it. Um, so get on the waitlist, reach out to the match director if you have any questions on that again that is june 8th through the 10th the very next weekend after the trident armory standby to fly match the next month in july july 14th through the 16th is the uspsa area 7 
Championship. Yes, Area 7 Championship is back at the Hamden Rifle and Pistol Club for the second year. Registration is also open for that match. Uh, just actually opened last night, and the spots are going fairly quickly. Uh, the match reg opened at 7 o'clock last night. There were 279 spots open, and let me take a look. As of 10.30 this morning, a little over 12 hours later, there are currently only 147 spots left. Yikes! So, not selling out as fast as a couple of years ago, but if you want to shoot the USPSA Area 7 Championship at the Hamden Rifle Pistol Club, July 14th through the 16th, get on practice score and sign up now. And then the other big uh, match... After that, it's going to be August 3rd through the 6th, and that's going to be the Tandem Cross Area 7 Steel Challenge Championship being held once again at Pioneer in in New Hampshire. Uh, registration for that opens April 10th at 6 p.m. And for those of you who have not heard, have not been paying attention, I have been accepted to work um, iron sight nationals out in ohio at the cardinal center in october uh, hopefully i can make that work um, as far as getting out there getting back and and all of the logistics involved uh, but i have been accepted uh, to staff that match so hopefully i get to go it should be a, a fantastic week and uh, definitely looking forward to it. So, that's about it for all of the match stuff. Um, so, when I was at the Frozen Chosen, uh, for those of you who are not aware, that is the very first USPSA match in the country for the year. That takes place January 1st uh, every year. This was, I believe, my fourth uh, fourth time shooting the Frozen Chosen. Fourth or fifth time? I think, I think it was my fourth. Um, fourth time shooting the Frozen Chosen, and it's shot no matter what. It's shot completely outside. Snow, sleet, rain, 20 below zero or 50 degrees. It doesn't matter. They shoot the match. Um so I shot it again this year, had so much fun that shooting that match is just a blast. Um, they will normally have um, just a ton of water that's basically free. Um, it is kind of included in your match fee. The match fee this year was 30 bucks, but um, water, they usually have soda in the fridge that they do ask for a donation if you have a soda. Um, red hot dogs in the crock pot. And if you are from somewhere other than New England, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about when I say a red hot dog. Google it. They're delicious. Um, so red hot dogs in the crock pot. You know, it's, it's just, it's a great match all around. At the end of the match, the top shooters for each division get a little, um, a little wooden plaque, you know, it's, it's just a great time. It really is. Um, so 
we did have a couple of DQs that day, and that's that's really what I wanted to talk about. The the two DQs that we had, or the two DQs that I know of, I think there were five total that day. The two that I personally witnessed, one was on my squad, one was on the squad before us. Um, we just happened to finish our, our stage early and we're over in their bay waiting for them to finish up. And both of those DQs were for finger in the trigger guard. Yes, finger in the trigger. Go figure. So the first one was a competitor who, it turns out it was his first USPSA match. Um, and he was trying to work through a malfunction. He had had a malfunction multiple times on that particular stage and was trying to work through it and clear it. And, well, he got called for a finger in the trigger. Um, He didn't think he had his finger in the trigger. He thought his finger was clearly outside of the trigger guard. Um, I wasn't standing right there. I wasn't the RO, so I really don't have any skin in the game as far as what was called or why. Um, But, he got called for a finger in the trigger, and that was the end of his day on the very first stage of the day for him. Uh, that sucks. That really does. So the second DQ that I witnessed was a brand new shooter, again, very first match, on my stage, or in, in my squad, on the very same stage, which was awkward, um, just happened to be the second stage for us that day. And he got called for having his finger in the trigger during a reload. So again, you gotta be careful. Um, keep an eye on that trigger finger. Make sure whether you are working through a malfunction, you are reloading, you are moving without engaging targets i mean if you're engaging targets while you're moving that's one thing but if you are moving from one shooting location to another and you're not engaging any targets on the way make sure that that finger is clearly outside the trigger um some some shooters that i've seen as as an ro they will just barely bring their finger just enough outside the trigger guard so that it's not in there. But when they're running across the stage and you're the RO trying to keep up with them and you're looking, sometimes it's hard to tell whether that finger is in the trigger guard or it's out. So something as an RO, you really got to be really paying attention and stay ahead of that shooter. Um, but as a shooter, you're really going to make sure that it is out. Put that finger up along the slide of, of the gun, um, up along the frame above the trigger guard, something to make sure that the RO can very clearly see that that finger is outside the trigger guard. And the other thing that we had happen was the final stage of the day. It was a two-string stage, Virginia Count. 
And my good friend Lee Cabana was the shooter. And we we touched on this a little bit in the uh, the interview that we did with him a couple of weeks ago. And he was up shooting his first string. And he didn't notice it. I didn't notice it. I don't think anybody else who was standing around noticed it. But the RO, Dan Wiswell, did. And I think it was Dan Wiswell. Yeah, I think it was Dan. And uh, he noticed that Lee's gun went bang, bang, poof. And immediately said stop. And Lee just kind of stood there and looked at him like, what happened? Why'd you stop me? And Dan, you know, just unloaded, unload and show Claire, you know, if Claire hammered down. And Lee went to holster the gun, and then he asked Dan, why why did you stop me? Dan says, well, I think you have a squib. So Lee pulls the gun back out, goes to slide lock, and he's looking in the chamber. Of course, you know, doing it the right way. You're not going to turn the gun around and look down the barrel backwards. So he's trying to look down the chamber, and he can't really see. Well, I always carry, specifically for this reason... A couple of like six or eight inch zip ties, just the regular plastic zip ties. I always carry a couple of those on my shooting belt specifically for this reason. I don't even remember where I picked this tip up, um, but I did it at one point in my shooting career. And I reached down, I grabbed a zip tie, and I handed it to Lee said, here, put this in there. So he slides the zip tie down into the chamber, through the barrel, and then just as that zip tie was almost to the end of the barrel, it hit a bullet. And the weird thing was it it was clearly a light load because... When he pushed the zip tie in, all of a sudden, the end of the projectile stuck out through the end of the barrel. He he did say when he got home, it took quite a bit of pounding with the squib rod to get that bullet back out of there. But he had just already fired a few rounds with it when the squib occurred, so the barrel was still warm and all that. So I'm assuming once the barrel cooled off, it kind of shrunk and... And uh, got it in there nice and tight. But nobody noticed it. Except for Dan. So, heads up on Dan's part. Uh, And that was only the first string. And Lee, looking at Lee's reaction to it, he he honestly looked to be a little shaken up by it because, you know, Dan said, well, you still got another string. Do you want to switch to a backup gun? Do you want to go, you know, over to the safe table? And, and Lee just went, nope, I'm good. And went over to the safe table, bagged his gun, and he was, he was done for the day. Uh, I mean, it was the last stage anyway, so 
who can really blame him. Uh, but he just he looked a little shooken up by it when he was when he was putting his gear away. It was it was almost like he was like, wow, that that was close. You know, I, I didn't even hear it. But that's why you always, 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 whether you are a certified RO or you are a volunteer who's uh, working as an RO or anything, you need to be listening. With, and that's, that's why I kind of tend to like when there's not a whole lot of chatter in the gallery. Um, or if people in the gallery are talking, they're at least kind of keeping it down. They're not yelling and laughing and, and whatnot. Um, that way, you know, the RO and the shooter can hear those kind of things. Because um, if Dan had not heard that, Lee, Lee was getting ready to pull the trigger on another round when Dan said stop. So if Lee had pulled the trigger, I honestly don't know what would have happened. I mean, the the first bullet wasn't lodged in the barrel at that time. So I don't know if the second round would have just shoved the first round out on its way through. Or if there would have been significant damage done to the firearm. Um, but really just something to think about. You know, like, like Lee said in the interview, it, it really gets you thinking as to just how much power there is behind that bullet. When that powder ignites. It's, uh, it's incredible, really, when you think about it. So, those were pretty much uh, the the only takeaways from the Frozen Chosen match. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I get anything else here. I don't think I do. But now the um, the the great thing about the shooting sports in general is every single time. You go out there, you learn something. This is one of those sports, some people may even call it a profession, the people that, that shoot competitively for a living. It's one of those things where you will always be a student of the sport. You you never stop learning. There's always something new, always a new experience. And and I found that out for myself. Every single match I go to, I learn something or I see something. And that is the primary reason why I started this podcast, why I started the YouTube channel a couple of years ago, is to take all those experiences and document them. And put them out there for other people to learn from. Uh, there is a saying in the the fire service that the only way to survive being a firefighter 
is to learn how other firefighters died. And that's true. If you know how other firefighters died at fires, you can do things to prevent that from happening again. And it's the same thing with competitive shooting, whether it's USPSA, IDPA, um, you know, GSSF, if you're, if you're a Glock guy. Um, there's always something new to learn, always something to take away from that experience. And that's really what, what the emphasis of this podcast is about, um, this, this episode. And I'm going to try to do some more of these. Um, um, I, I know people will benefit from them. So I have rambled on for long enough. I'm about 21 minutes right now. So I would like to ask you to do a couple of things for me. If you have not already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Share both the podcast and the YouTube channel with everybody you know that might be interested in the shooting sports. And yeah, that's about it. So hopefully I will get to see you at the range. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns, ideas for future episodes, leave them in a comment on one of my YouTube videos. I look at all those comments. Shoot me an email, lambshillshooting at gmail.com. That is lambshillshooting at gmail.com. Check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash USPSA. Check out the Instagram, which is simply USPSA. All these links will be in, down in the description below of this episode. Thank you for listening, and until I see you on the range, shoot safe.